Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Anything to shake this, but I'm in my butt buttons got me drinking. Back at it again with another Shades of Blue soccer show. The World Cup rolls on, a wild and emotional World Cup rolls on. Friday was one of the most insane days of sports that I can remember. It was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching any sport, and it is just wild to think about what was going on at the same time with Grant Wall. Uh, I, I guess we can, we got to start off with Grant Wall here, at least for a, a brief period. I know it's been some time here. We've all talked about it a lot and it's hit everybody, most people pretty hard here. So uh, we should at least say something. Grant Wall, I mean, I, I, it's it doesn't seem real that like I was ready to listen to his podcast like the next day today. I was looking forward to it. You can still his tweets still pop up, and yeah, it's just uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem like a real thing. What uh, he was American soccer journalism, and it just feels like there's a massive hole there now. Let alone all of the outpouring of support, and you know, I always knew he was like such a good guy, but I can't even believe all of the stories that I've been reading. I've been sitting and scrolling through all of them. Uh, it's good to see that, but. Man, it is it is a it's a sad time right now. Yeah, um, sorry, I agree. It's a lot. He's leaving a big hole in journalism for soccer. He so many great stories that he 
uncovered and talked about and investigated and put pressure on U.S. soccer, put pressure on international soccer to do the right things. He, he will be present. very much, he'll be very much missed for that. Yeah, putting pressure on there is the is a big part of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer we can. I I don't know how much more energy I have to expel on it. Or the longer we talk about it, I think it will go into a direction I don't necessarily want to go with the some some questions surrounding circumstances of the death. So let's do what Grant would probably like to do and was doing during this uh, abhorrent World Cup, which is still covering the games. And uh, so let's try to find the funny here and um, and we can maybe make fun of David for Brazil exiting the World Cup. Wow. Is that is that wow. Was that an OK way to go by this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why are you hurting me? Why? <laughs> I mean, it cuts down to his very soul oh, god david but it, but david you gotta get it out man you can't it hold it inside so bad um no i mean look I, I think this the brazil loss has been really reflective of um a lot of the knockout rounds that teams in this tournament don't want to play open because you don't want to get exposed and get beat croatia played a super compact defense they looked great um Neymar, I don't know if anybody's seen that goal. It was an incredible team goal, really. And then, I mean, masterclass from Neymar it shows why he's, you know, one of the top ten players in the world. Uh, and, then and then they got gashed. Up. And then they got and then they got smoked and trans in a transition moment, like we've seen Sporting do a thousand times. And then it goes to PKs. PKs are kind of a crapshoot. Um, what happened do think- there was that they were Brazil. And they thought it was their divine right to win the World Cup like they always do. And then they got complacent and got scored on and got beaten by a tough, gritty team. Wow. Okay. Well, I do I do think Argentina it brings up an... almost did it too. I'm, I'm, as a, as a loud <laughs> Celeste supporter, like they literally almost did the exact same thing like an hour later. How many well, wows can we get out of David today? I think there's three now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think not denying any of it though. <laughs> I do think it brings up an interesting uh, strate- uh, strategy thing though, which is that Neymar never got to kick the ball in penalty kicks. Yeah. And uh, Chiche, the Brazilian national team coach, former national team coach, uh, had said, you know, we were holding Neymar back because the fifth penalty is a big one and he's got the most gravitas. He's, He's the one built for that pressure. And and that led to a, a massive debate in the, the soccer community of, uh, you know, if you hold a guy back, he may never get to kick the ball. Exactly. And it's important to start on a good foot. So would you rather Neymar kick one or do you want to kick third? Right. Because you're guaranteed three. Yeah. Well, look what Argentina did with Messi. He was first. Right. So it was interesting. Uh that first miss by Brazil was not good, you know. Yeah, they really... set up a twenty-one-year-old to do that. That's that. That was hey, hey. That twenty-one-year-old has more skill in his left pinky toe than you've got with... in your whole body, Cody. You, True. you, you. Now nah, I have no defense for well, it. Cody well, Cody may no say. Cody may say in the media game, my head had quite a bit of uh, skill, so maybe his his noggin and the little toe are equal. Maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, for the record, someone someone else said it, not me. <laughs> is it is that a yeah. worse miss than Harry Kane 
Oh God, Gaines. Oh, Harry's so was bad. pretty bad. He shouldn't have taken it. That was another one that they should have had. Probably should have had somebody else take against a longtime teammate. Why? The second one in a game. I I don't know. I, I was with Jimmy Conrad on that. If, <laughs> right. I understand if you're if there's one guy on one team that you would just that's the guy that takes our PKs. He's gonna do it every time. Then it would maybe be Harry Kane. But against a his teammate of a decade, I don't know. I just when that when that came up, I I felt like he was going to miss it. I think, you know, statistically, Harry Kane has made some astronomical number of penalty kicks. I mean, he he almost never misses, and and his shots are almost never blocked. So I think, from a just a pure statistic and probability that. standpoint, I mean, he's as sure of a thing as you've got. Uh, but it also, uh, the the whole the number of penalty kicks we've seen leads me to the kind of the other thing I found interesting is the different ways that people take their PKs. Uh, yeah, the athletic did an article on this maybe a year ago, but if you just run and blast the ball as hard as you can, chances are you're going to score. Yeah, because that's even if it's not well placed, keepers can't react quickly enough if you just crush the ball at the net. Um, but then you see a lot of guys get really cute where they do like cute, the stutter cute. step, the pause, or like they try to do a panenka or, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, you know, like that bit uh, Chicharito in the ass earlier this year against sporting where he tried to get cute on a penalty kick too cute stuff is the worst like what is even going through the player's head when they do that it's just that's that is how you get yourself into trouble during penalty kicks the odds are ever in your favor go up there and kick the ball what are you doing like yeah you're inviting a lot of other things that could impact what you're doing the worst the worst those two games the games on friday were absolutely amazing Messi advanced. I was I fully thought that that was over once um once that the Netherlands had tied that back up. I was like, there's no way coming back from this. I was imagining Lionel Messi, who's had his problems in PKs. I was imagining him missing his penalty kick, and I don't think my heart could have handled that. But uh, yeah, they moved on. We get more Messi in the World Cup, more Messi in Lyle Celeste. It's a gift to us all, David. David, your thumbs down be damned. It's a gift (laughs) that Messi gets to continue playing and we get to witness it. Can we talk about Morocco? Hell yes. Can we talk about Morocco? And not even just in the sense that they beat Ronaldo, got Ronaldo out of there, which is great for them. Thank you for that. But no, they're just a wonderful team to watch. Holy crap. They're just, it's a fun team. Fancy footed, high flying. Like it's just, they're they're an entertaining, fun team. They are so defensively solid so yeah, defensively is, solid so rare from a team that that plays like that with flicks and the one twos and yeah they're it's a it's a sound team and i'm very happy that a non uh south american and europe team made it to the uh the final four as it were so i've got a piece that will be coming out on the blue testament.com which you should all go check out uh that will be coming out after the World Cup, but it's talking about um, transfer market inefficiencies and ways to build the roster when you've got a salary cap in ways that uh, might be unique for the league. And uh, essentially the theory of this whole piece is that uh, Sporting KC should be recruiting more African players and more uh, Asian players because they're not highly represented in the league. And the salaries in the domestic leagues over there are pretty low. Transfer uh transfer costs are very low 
when you see players moving in and out of Tunisia and Morocco, the the transfer fees being paid are extremely low. And so you've got guys who are world-class that play for teams that have made the World Cup that are, you know, top 25, top, top 40 ranked in the world who don't have an international market. And I think, you know, there's certainly some arguments against it and the travel is really bad if they ever want to go home and everything. But the idea of using maybe the U22 initiative uh, moving forward to go find young African players from Cameroon and Senegal and Morocco and Tunisia and bring them over here to give them a platform to then sell them. And I know that's not really how Peter envisions this team, uh, but I think it's a way that sporting could build for the future and find a, a toehold where the rest of the league isn't isn't really recruiting. Yeah, I, I think like what that. we need to do is all four of us volunteer to go over and scout, you know, on sporting's money, of course. We'll do that job for him, right? We'll do that. Yeah, I'll go to Morocco. <laughs> I, I have volunteered in the past, so it didn't work. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, my point is, is that I think, you know, teams get locked into where they do have scouts and connections, and that's where they pull from because they have people on the ground. And, you know, I agree with you, David, but they're going to need to break into that market somehow, find a connection, make a connection if they don't have one. I I agree with that. But what I always think while watching the World Cup, I have that thought all the time of like I've noticed some young player and it's like, oh, no, he's not. He's not very well known. Like, man, that, that guy, I bet he's going to be good. And it's like, OK, we're thinking that. And if we're thinking that in the U.S., then. I think all of the big clubs are thinking this as well. Like they want to go find these young guys in Africa and buy them right now when they're that cheap as well. So I, I always, I I have that same thought, but then I go back to it of like, well, everyone is also thinking this as well. Like, Oh, there's a bunch of young untapped talent in Africa that we should go get. Like, yeah, I think, I think Chelsea and all of the big clubs are aware of that too. I just, so I, I don't know. For instance, like the guy, um, I can't even think of his name now, the Croatian right back, like five minutes into that game. I'm like, oh, this guy is great. Well, this guy should come to MLS. Let's hire him. And then he did like, he made like two more plays. And I'm like, okay, well now he's too expensive because the rest of the world <laughs> is watching as well. And every play you make in the world cup like this, you're just adding and adding more money to how much you're worth. So yeah, but yeah, sheer volume, right? I mean, there's plenty right. over there to choose from. Yes, that is that is very true. The sheer volume in Africa and Asia, for sure. Well, and it's also a matter of what what nation are you looking at? Because, uh, for instance, Senegal, the entire Senegalese first team uh, national team plays in top five leagues in Europe. They're all playing for Chelsea and for AC Milan and everything. But if you look at the Senegal U23 team, they're almost all domestic, right? But then the Tunisian national team, is a really mixed bag. A lot of those guys are playing domestically or they're playing in North Africa. You get guys at like Pyramids FC in Egypt. Uh, so Tunisia and Morocco are less, you're, you're getting guys who are less likely to be in top five leagues in Europe. The Moroccan national team, it's a mixed bag. Like Ashraf Hakimi is obviously maybe the best right back in the world. Um, and they've got guys who play for Munich and they've got yeah, but a lot Hakim Ziyech. A lot of them are not even actually Moroccan-born, right? Isn't that a knock I've been seeing on that national team? Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of guys who are from, like, Spain and France because there's a large Moroccan population in, in that part of Europe. Uh, but you've got guys like the the guy who got the red card for Morocco yesterday, which was 
by the way, an incredibly soft second yellow. Yeah, it was. Uh, he did kind of stomp, though. But, like, I think it's Chidira. He plays for a team in Serie B in in Italy. And so he's 24. He's a star. He's, you know, getting minutes at the World Cup. But he's playing in the Italian second division. That's the kind of person that, like, Sporting could at least make a run at. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about some other Sporting KC stuff and maybe someone else Sporting KC could sign. So we'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Quick break, very quick break. Again, we, we're famous for that on this show. Very quick breaks. Uh, Sporting KC, uh, David, we were just talking about players Sporting KC could sign, MLS could sign. There's a rumor this week about Matt Hedges and Sporting Kansas City. How do you feel about Matt? the potential of Matt Hedges, longtime MLS center back, coming to Sporting KC? Bad. <laughs> Is that an answer? Bad? Can I say bad? Yeah, uh, well, he is 32. <laughs> He's look, Matt Hedges is a 32 year old center back who made $900,000 last year. If we wanted Matt Hedges, why wouldn't we just keep Izzy? I'm not sure Matt Hedges is any better than Izzy. In fact, I feel pretty strongly that he's not. Because um, he wouldn't take an international spot. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, I would rather take the international spot and trade whatever. Gam Tam, damn Sam, whatever the hell we have to trade <laughs> to get the international spot to have like a quality player. I was gonna and, say, can't we trade and get an, an international slot? Isn't that one of those things you can do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt Hedges has been around the league for a very long time. Um, he's adequate, <laughs> he's adequate, but for you 900k know, for for nine or or more, right? That was what he made last year in free agency. I'm sure he's asking for a raise, he's 32. I I hope this is not true. From the from the reporting of Tom Bogert, uh, who reported this on MLSsoccer.com, Toronto, San Jose, and FC Cincinnati have actually made offers, while Houston and Kansas City are interested. Yeah, I think we're but, down the picking order there. Yeah, but he wants three guaranteed years. And, you know, I'll I'll just point back to what what happened with Matt Beasler, and I don't think Matt Hedges has at any point better than Matt been better than Matt Beasler. But Kyrie Shelton got three. Robert, Sorry. I will come through this Zoom <laughs> and just slap you. Stop it. And, Stop and it. And uh, 30-some-odd-year-old Andre Ofantas got two. <laughs> one plus one, right? Or it was I do ten. think there's a very distinct difference in skill level between Fontas and Hedges when we talk about Fontas' passing and the goals added. Right. But also the fact that we re-signed Fontas Shows why Matt Hedges is probably not the best choice. Uh, we've lamented for years now about uh, Andreu's lack of pace. I don't know that pairing a not fleet-footed 32-year-old with him for the next few years is the best idea. Now, I don't know what we can read into Peter saying we need a right center back. Is he talking depth? Is he talking he doesn't think Courtney Ford's the man? What do you guys think? 
I would say I would say depth just because rarely Peter is going to outright say something like that about a player. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, but is Courtney Ford the man or not? I mean, we're talking about Matt Hedges. You know, he would obviously, you would think, a start ahead of Courtney Ford. I'm not a big Courtney Ford fan, but I know some of you guys are. Well, what do you guys truly think? In, a depth yeah. competition there is is necessary for this upcoming season, I would say. Sure. Yeah, I don't know whether to think of Ford as a starter yet or not. I mean, I'm a little higher on him than you are, but that's not meaning that I think he should be the starter for just outright starter. So I would still be looking for a guy who would be penciled in as a starter and then Ford would be constantly challenging. Mm-hmm. And the same for, for Volodaire. He can be challenging both sides. I don't care which foot he is. <laughs> Speaking of Tony Ford, did you see that all of the holes in the socks all throughout this World Cup? Yeah, I've been Socks looking for that everywhere. and seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney's a trend. Yeah. Which shouldn't this indicate like shouldn't they be talking to like Kitman about getting different socks if that's they really what, need <laughs> that's the part of this conversation I didn't bring up when we were interviewing him. Like, well, why can't we just get bigger socks? Like, why are we actually cutting holes in them? Like, is this not something that you can just get bigger socks? No, because it's well, for one, it's what Adidas makes, so they have to technically do those, but then they cheat with those other type of socks sometimes. But uh, but from what I understand is that none of them stretch enough initially when they're new, and they get new socks when they for each game. So if they were using old socks, they would stretch enough, and it wouldn't be a problem. So that's so where... Why don't they, like, break them in, like, the day before? I. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Like I, I watched. I watched. Well, who, who's going to break them in? They might get cramps. They might get. So you're on so a mannequin. They might hurt themselves. Calves, and then just have it over there overnight. There you go. And then good idea. It's like speaking. I, I was. Socks. I was home with. I was home with my kid last week, and I was watching with one of my children last week, and I was watching a YouTube video because, God knows why, about like how the NFL breaks in brand new footballs. They like have a whole process where they like rub stuff on it, and then like use sandpaper to like what are they rubbing on it get a, like they have all sorts of like leather and like oils and like whatever but then they like they like they work the ball in so they take it out of the plastic and then they do a bunch of stuff to get the ball game ready we can't like take kitman out there and just like have them pull on the socks a little bit <laughs> i assume major league baseball does a similar thing i got a lot of questions <laughs> uh speaking of socks and grant wall this is weird, but I he wrote a story on these on this certain kind of socks that soccer players were becoming obsessed with and taking fines for instead of wearing the proper stuff. And I for whatever reason, I still think of this article. He wrote an article like seven years ago about socks. And it's something I still think of like on a on a semi-regular basis. Anyway, it's called it's about true socks. Go go look at that. Yeah. Very interesting. And yes, I think they get away with it now because it was a big deal. Kai Kamara actually like challenged him because he got fined yeah. for it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you have to like tape. You used to have to like tape them down so you couldn't see any of the because they just have the sleeves essentially, uh, and you'd have to tape them down so you couldn't see any of the the true sock. But if you get fined, if you if they could see it, so I think they actually I think they may have stopped finding it or just technically ignore it. Also, at the uh, just a couple years ago, Grant, I've been Googling about to find that article. He tweeted it and said, 
Still amazed five years later how many soccer players take scissors to their socks so they can wear true socks <laughs> instead. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to Sporting KC and Courtney Ford and the center backs. No mention of Robert Voliter. Are we all just assuming he is not ready? He's not going to push for this spot? Thad mentioned him. I mentioned him. Okay, I wasn't listening. <laughs> What'd you say? I was Googling about socks, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he had a poor performance what, late in the season. Uh, a couple games later, he came back and, and definitely improved on that, maybe showed some growth there. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he is uh, one for the future, and I hope he gets significant time this season and uh, we can spell uh, Andreu and get some further growth. One of three young internationals that were brought in last year. David, you posed the question of does a lack of internationals – have an impact on what sporting Kansas City's ceiling might be for the upcoming season or seasons. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously an interesting question given how strongly we finished uh the season last year without really a lot of internationals on the roster. Johnny Russell's in and out of Scotland, but more out than in. Um, but it's you know, it's tough to to not look at LAFC and in the Philadelphia Union and see that they've got guys who have been playing at the World Cup, you know, um, in addition to Garrett Bale, which, by the way, I have a feeling that LAFC is going to run into the same problems that the LA Galaxy did with their like roster accounting and how they've got like Chiellini and Gareth Bale, but they are not DPs. Um, oh, yeah. But Jose C. Fuentes, you know, was playing for Ecuador. Acosta's on the U.S. national team and got minutes. Then they've got guys who didn't make... graduated from William Jewell. <laughs> they've got guys who uh, who didn't make the World Cup, whose squads didn't make the World Cup, but like Dennis uh, Buanga is a international and he's a designated player for them for Gabon, plays with uh, Obama Yang. And so, and then uh, the Union have Daniel Gazdag, who's an international for Hungary, um, Andre Blake for Jamaica, and so it's tough to look at other teams who are putting out, you know, national team players. And then you compare it to us and we just don't. So what do you guys think? Does that set a ceiling on our ability to, on where we can really reach? I see. So international, you meant representing their international teams. Yes. And yeah, I do think that's an issue especially when you look at how mls wasn't mls like had the fifth most uh fifth most world cup players of any of any league in the world well that obviously makes us fifth best right right but that also means a lot of other teams had players on their rosters and uh sporting casey was not one of them is that a problem thad It can be when you don't have enough good players, but it's also the flip side of uh, you don't lose players to international duty. You don't lose them to get injured and when they're playing stupid friendlies for Mexico. or uh, So that's that's the good side of not having guys who are in a constant rotation with the national team. They're also getting rest when they're not with the national team if they have an international break. So there's the positives to that side. It's almost good to have the guys who are fringe, like almost there, mm-hmm. but not quite there. 
the Daniel Shallowies. Yeah. Johnny Russell. Johnny Russell's. Johnny is uh, kind of on the fringe, is he not? Yeah, but I mean that's not the highest level national team there, but yeah. Right, right. Where you get yeah. players from France and Germany like we've done and they're still they're very very good but not one of the best 11 and two of the best soccering countries in the world. <laughs> Gotti Kinda, of course, depending on how he comes back, but um you know, he's been with these national teams, so yeah, so it's it, like I, I Cody makes a really good point about you know if you're getting players that were maybe like U twenty U twenty three players but not national team players for places like France and England and Italy and stuff like that Germany that's that's really good quality players that probably could have been on the national team for the U S at least at one point right so it's just that level of player so I, I do understand what David means and it's good to have that level of player but Kansas City is not going to go for the the Bales, the Zlatans, the that sort of thing too much. So if it's what level can you get? I mean, you're not going to get a starting England national team player to come to Sporting Kansas City unless you're going to give them basically a billion dollars. Well, I think I don't like hearing you actually say the sentence. I know that in my head, but hearing you say it just hurts. Well, well, you I... made David hurt earlier, so I was just trying to help. <laughs> I I think this goes back to what we've talked about before with roster build about where do you recruit from? And we know Vermees likes Spanish, Portuguese, French, and then players. And then he likes, you know, Hungarian and kind of the, um, like Croatian and some of the Eastern European guys. Uh, and yeah, it's really league. And you're going to, you're going to struggle to find internationals when you're recruiting from Spain and Portugal. Uh, but there's like South America, you know, Cifuentes is from Ecuador. Ecuador has a great national team. Peru has a great national team. And uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz is an international for Peru who plays for Seattle Sounders. Um, so it's just, I guess, uh, the club's preference on on where and how to recruit. I will say that the one maybe most interesting person on our roster and one that makes me maybe the happiest moving forward in terms of this conversation is Logan Ndenbe, who's a Belgian youth international. And he may never make the Belgian full national team, but he's getting capped, I mean, fairly regularly for, I think Belgium was ranked second in the world this year for their, for their full national side. Yeah. They're so, on the, they're on the down end, the downside of their golden generation. Logan, Logan yeah. might make that team eventually. How they do in the World Cup? <laughs> exactly. This was that marked the end of their golden generation. <laughs> well, David, to your question, um, you know, Okay, I sad example, Bale. In a moment, a player like that can elevate a team, you know, and make a difference in playoffs, in a playoff chase, if you will. But then you look at Columbus Crew a couple of years ago, it was Zella Ryan who did that. Zella Ryan, I don't think, has many caps with the senior national team, if any. That's the kind of player that sporting, you know, in my opinion, needs to find someone of that level. I don't think we need to go any larger than that. I mean, if we can... You know, great, but uh, that's the level we should be looking at. Someone who can raise the level in those moments and make a difference in those moments. Polito was supposed to be that guy, but we all know how that worked out. So, I'm going to ask you a trivia question, Robert, because you referenced Lucas Zellerion, who I'm a huge fan of. What national team would he play for? Well, I want to say Argentina. So he was born in Argentina, mm-hmm. but he represents Armenia. Armenia, okay. <laughs> and is a full Armenian international. 
How many caps? Six. Okay. Yeah. Did they just file him under the wrong folder or something from Argentina <laughs> to Armenia? What? His father is our, of our, he's of Armenian descent through his father. And probably saw it as an easier way to get on a national team than fighting. Right. When's the last the, time he played for him? The second, uh, recently he was in the 2022 World Cup qualifiers. Okay. But probably easier to make that squad than Cody's second best South American squad. <laughs> but no, Polito was supposed to be that guy, right? Who would be our international guy who would raise our team's level in those moments and just hasn't worked out. So we are yeah, hoping. They... Go ahead. I was going to say they just didn't order the extra knee parts that was needed for, <laughs> you know, upkeep. Uh, so we are hoping Sporting signs someone else. It feels like the offseason just started, but and it, it kind of just did. But at the same time, there's also not a lot of time left. Uh, so they need to get going on that if it's going to happen. The current just signed two free agents. And uh, it looked the signings look pretty good from what I can see. Uh, they looked excited to be here. Thad, can you tell us about the new additions to the KC current? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, both players played for Chicago Red Stars last year, well, the last few years together. They've uh, Vanessa DiBarnardo and Morgan Gautreau. You might know her as Morgan Bryan. For, uh, she played 88, I think it was 88 games with a full U.S. national team, a couple of World Cups. Uh, if it wasn't for a couple of injuries, she might be as well known as Sam Uis. But she did have a couple of injuries, so she's been part of one of the best midfields in the NWSL. Uh, probably you could say her, she's a six slash eight or an eight slash six, however you want to say it. She can play a lot of different spots if she needed to. Vanessa DiBernardo, who was originally from Chicago, went to university like right near Chicago, was drafted by the Red Stars, basically been there her whole career. Uh, both of them signed for two years, but uh, Vanessa is more of a eight slash 10. Both of them are really good with, uh, you know, they were in the top couple percentile for progressive passes. Both of them are going to help the the current have a much more solid, uh, calm midfield where last year they were, as soon as they get the ball, they would go forward and often turn the ball over and then have to recover and defend. So these two will definitely help that be a lot more organized, calm, better progressive passes to some of the players that they couldn't get the ball to earlier during last season. So uh, they're both, it, everybody was like hoping they would get one of them and then they got both of them. So that's, it's just a really good uh, pair of signings for Kansas City. Yeah. And for a guy who at this point hasn't really followed the current much, this just gets me more excited to go check out more matches and to follow the team. And also I love the way they introduce their players on Twitter. Yeah. The way that they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, Sam is Sam Mewis going to be returning next year? Like, I mean, back from injury. I mean, is, is she will be healthy? I guess. Uh, I have no faith in that, honestly. Oh, really? She was uh last season. She she played that little bit. Then she'd already been hurt before that. She played that little bit and then was shut down. And then seemed to be coming back. Was in full practice and then uh then was shut down again. The last time I saw her. Last season, she was literally walking the outside of the field slowly. Like, um, mm. so it's one of those injuries I just have no idea if she'll ever come back from fully. I, I hope she does. I wish her all the best. She's 
one of the best players the U.S. has and the current has, or at least potentially. Every time we ask about it, it's always the, well, she's day to day. We'll see. We're it's it's just it's kind of spin. No 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 definitive information ever. Hey Thad, can you know going back to what we're talking about with sporting international players? Quick rundown: How many full internationals does the current have on the roster right now? Oh, putting the man on the spot. (laughs) Man didn't even put that in the chat. He really surprised him with it. Let's see, Chloe Legarzo from Australia. They let go the one goalie from Jamaica. They Desiree Scott is a still a free agent, so if she comes back, she would be a international. And just talking about players who play internationally, not necessarily taking up international spots, but yeah, right. I think that's it off the top of my head. There might be one more. And U.S. ones. Uh, well, Lynn Williams, if she's back healthy, would be at least in the the mix. Sam Ewis, of course, if she was healthy, would definitely be in there. And then uh, Haley Mace was called up last year for the first time for like three years, four years. Uh, I, I as much as I like her and as as good as she is with the current, I think she's kind of borderline as a national U.S. national team player. I thought French but was also a borderline. She is. Uh, she was a regular roster call up for a long time and then just got her first call up again late last year, late this year. <laughs> um, and I just, I'm not sure if she will get back fully in the squad. Just age wise, you start, you got to start looking at younger players. So the other recent, fairly recent news from the current that I was interested in and the comets as well was that. Jenna Weinbrenner has been named an assistant coach, the first MASL female coach. How is this? Isn't she like 22? How, what, what, how is this even happening? I, I'm just, I was, I was very confused by this. Dad, tell me what this story means. It means that she's preparing for her future. She's, uh, it, it's not going to take any time away from her playing. The, um, so with the Comets, I think she's doing some stat stuff. She's doing a lot of like uh, some planning stuff that will take away a load off the, the the more experienced indoor coaches. But she's also the one fun thing is when I've been up there a couple of times, she's joined in training. So yeah. she's, she's, uh, she's getting that uh, extra training in the off season with uh, against people who are bigger, stronger, faster, and so that can only make her a better player for next year. Yeah, I like this. That's uh that's cool to hear that she's yeah, it's not even just soccer. She's already, you know, planning for after soccer. We should have her on. Can we get her can we interview her? Yes. I've already asked her to be on and she said she'd be more than happy to. Sweet. Okay. Gentlemen, what else in the world of Kansas City soccer do we need to discuss? Can't so, believe we haven't mentioned the super draft in 10 days. Come on. <laughs> We're still doing the draft. And it's yeah. called super as well, just in case you forgot how great it is. <laughs> Anybody yeah. expecting anything out of it? I mean, eighth pick, right? Right. Depth. I expect us to pass. We'll, we'll draft a center back. <laughs> I expect an SKC two player. Yeah. 
Okay. So I, I have one final thing um, that, and because we were, were talking about the current, uh, the current and women's soccer, but uh, Andrea Kimball, who is the general counsel and chief legal officer for sporting KC uh, got named one of the top women executives in Kansas city. And oh. one, that's just cool in general. Uh, but two, I wanted to give Andrea a shout out. She and I don't know each other, but my little sister is an attorney and wanted to work in sports for a long time. And she met Andrea and Andrea was nice enough to give her um, some time and some mentorship and talk to her about some things. So um, I thought that was very generous of her when she had no real reason or need to do it, but was was very generous with her time. Uh, so it's nice to see her get recognized. Lawyers. Lawyers got each other's backs, I guess. Yeah, they do. It's a fraternity. Not not that often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Uh we've got Tuesday is the big day, right? Are the games Tuesday and Wednesday? And then the final is on Sunday before right before NFL starts. I like that. I think, so, I think Americans will watch this final next Sunday. So Morocco, Croatia Croatia? Is that was gonna be? What do you guys think? Oh, Your yeah. lips to God's ears. <laughs> I would love it. I, I, all I want, I don't care what happens. I and only Messi to win a World Cup. I want Messi to win the World Cup and everyone has to shut up. And that's all I want to happen. Whatever the easiest path for him to hoist that trophy is, is what I want. So I are you a Ronaldo hater? <laughs> I, not like because of my like of Messi. I just have never liked the way he carries himself on the field. Ronaldo. Uh, and I was thinking the only thing better than Neymar tears on the field was Ronaldo tears on the field. Okay, good. You 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 assume the role of the real hater here, and then I can guess as well. That made <laughs> me happy. I liked those tears. I liked Portugal losing. I liked Pepe uh, after Pe- the game uh, uh, accusing FIFA of rigging it so Messi will win a World Cup. When I'm sorry, the logic of that is absurd. If FIFA is rigging anything... They're going to rig it so Messi versus Ronaldo in the World Cup final. That's what they would have been doing. So Pepe, Pep, getting upset about that was just, that was another very tasty part of that. Well, they, they they did rig it for that. They just, Portugal just screwed it up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't, he just couldn't get his team to win. There you go. Cody. Hey. Messi will never, oh, sorry. Back. Go, go ahead, go ahead, dude. Oh, oh, I was going to say, Messi will never be better than number two of all time. He'll never be better than Pele. I'll agree with that. But hey, I was actually going to give you some some kudos there. Your header was better than Ronaldo's off the tip of his hair header. <laughs> uh, give me some that, that's that's two kudos you got today for that one media game moment that you will have for your entire life as your only significant contribution to soccer. But other than that, I'm all for it. I'm playing in the media game next year, and I am taking Cody out. <laughs> I'm scissor tackle. I'm shredding his Achilles. A header on goal! No more headers. Can you catch him? It's a goal! Yeah. <laughs> Cody Bradley of the Blue Testament with a header, putting Team Harland up 1 0 with 30 seconds remaining. don't seem so tough. And three on goals ain't all that rough. A skipper has just been sent off. Some part of strong Stop my fun, but things got me drinking. My fun.
buttons got me drinking. Give me real whiskey, one or gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My foot buttons got me drinking. My foot buttons got me drinking. My foot buttons got me drinking.